In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's May 28th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 115 of Nitwin Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And this week, we come to you from Siriusville. Sad sad place. Yeah. Um, Our hearts go out to everybody who was affected by the um, terrorist incident in Manchester. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's really nothing funny about that, so... Yeah. Yet another (laughs) Uh... moment where we sort of have to be like... Okay, we're just going to talk about fun stuff. Okay, so <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's just talk about fun stuff. Yeah. And in lighter news, thanks to everybody who has asked after the husband, he is doing better. He is walking now with a cane. Mm-hmm. The cast is completely off. According to x-rays, his, um, his break is completely healed. So now we are just working on getting his, um, his bum sores. <laughs> All, um, and you haven't had to take him back to the hospital. No, for I haven't had a to take weeks. him back. Yes, knock on wood. Yes, knock knock. Um, yes, it's been it's been going good. He's been healing better, and uh, he's been getting more and more back to his old self. So we're now starting to put all of this uh, more and more behind us. But thank you to everybody who reached out and asked how he was doing. Thank you. Okay, so let's move on to uh, fun stuff that that's happening in the world. Yes. So adventures in knitting, or are we going to go back? To- Time travel with us back. <laughs> In in Karen Stardust. So when last we podcasted, we were were getting ready to go to the frolic. I'm knitting on some of my bounty right now. So Mm -hmm. like I told everybody, uh, this year I am knitting uh, for the husband. I'm I'm knitting sweaters for all of us. And so far for the husband's sweater, which is brown stone, which I believe is by uh, Jared Flood. And it uses Brooklyn Tweed uh, Shelter. I was about Mm -hmm. to say Shepherd. (laughs) <laughs> so I've got two sleeves Ooh, done. Oh, that is pretty. And this is the color Thistle. Oh, thistle, it's so pretty. Thistle is purple. It's a heathered purple, and it does have a bit more pink in it than the other purple, which I guess you would, you know, parallel more to something that was masculine and midnighty. But my husband, being the metro that he is, he liked the thistle purple. <laughs> yeah, this is so beautifully heathered and twee, and it's real nice. So there isn't a lot of ornamentation to this sweater. It is basically a simple sweater with a shawl collar and like mm-hmm. two closures that can be in the front, which, I, you know, you could make whatever buttons that you want. So I've got two sleeves done and I am working on the ribbing for the body now. And that is sort of, it's now gotten to the point bulk-wise as a project that it's not going to travel very easily until I get my sweater bag. From one geek to craft them all, hint, hint, in Brooklyn. <laughs> I did get all of the Brooklyn tweed at the Frolic, mm-hmm. which was kind of funny because Michelle sort of went out and headhunted. It's like, Brooklyn tweed is over here. Oh, and look at that. It's the same dye lot. How wonderful. How fabulous. And I'm like, do you do this, like, magically on purpose? Yeah, because I think one of us spotted the shelter at the Knit Cafe booth. Yes, yes. And then, but they didn't have quite... Enough. The amount that you needed. And then I think Michelle was the one who found the other booth that had shelter. And they were, it was all the same dialogue. Because she has radar for this stuff. Yeah, she does. I think she does. Considering Mm. how much of it she has in her stash. I know. 
So what else did I get? I also got from the Blue Brick, I got some, I think it was Prairie Storm mm-hmm. that I got and a charcoal because I saw this brioche cowl that I really want to make called Bonfire. And mm-hmm. it looks like leaves disintegrating in a bonfire. But damn it, I am trying to learn brioche and it doesn't like me. I keep doing something wrong. And you know how when you've you're doing knitting and you have one too many stitches or one too few stitches and you just say, well, I'll knit two together or I'll add one. That doesn't work with brioche. No, that doesn't. It doesn't. So I've cast on three times. I've got the like simple straight lines down, but it's when I get to the increases, things start to go kapunkle up. So I think for this week, I'm going to have to get it to that point and bring it to knit night and sit next to somebody who actually knows how to do this damn stuff. I've sent it out to a Wilda and said, is this pattern? Like it's speaking right, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like making stuff up because she had started doing brioche a little while ago. Yeah. And she said, yep, the pattern works. Just, just, the pattern works. It's supposed to go like this and like this and like this. I'm like, okay, so it's me. <laughs> it's me. Great. It might just not be good timing for it. Sometimes stuff needs to go into timeout. Yeah, my knitting mojo is not in a happy place. But, well, at least I can still see them. These are two things that I got from a shelf for my um, for my birthday. And Ooh. I figured being, you know, nice and worsted and chunky, I would just use them as my practice brioche. Yeah, and they're two balls of yarn. One is a sort of nice light natural gray. And one of them is a dark chocolatey brown, like almost a black brown. With Tweety Flex. With Tweety Flex. And I thought those two would be good to practice. And I got the pattern. It literally is called, this is your first brioche. Yeah. Your first two color brioche. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get to there and I'm good. To round six? I get to round six and I'm good. It's everything after round six. And then round seven, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, round seven doesn't doesn't work. So um, it's me. It's me. But granted, I have been trying to do this during a time of personal stress. Mm-hmm. So, Which is probably not the greatest idea. I've had a lot of those not the greatest ideas. <laughs> so now that things are calming down, I might go and, like I said, I will try and have some brioche on the needles for knit night so that I can sit next to somebody who might know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Sounds something like that. Anything else that you got at the Frolic? Or... I did get a hair stick at the Frolic. Actually, I got two hair sticks, and I'm trying to remember. One was from Unit in from Toronto, and they had... Yeah, I, E-W-E-K-N-I-T. Yeah. I kind of like this because uh, Canada's 150th birthday is coming up, and they had hair, hair sticks or shawl pins, whichever one you want. Basically, mm-hmm. wooden pins that had red maple leaf at the top and I was mm-hmm. sorry I was keep feeling kind of Canadiana at the point <laughs> Canadiana yarn was everywhere oh yeah but that's what I got and I and I was happy with that because I dropped the load on just the the sweater the sweater yarn so I was happy with that did you get a chance when you were in Ottawa to go to a yarn store no 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 because Damn. you know because family family and muggles yeah, muggles. Yeah, we were in Ottawa this past weekend, and yeah, which is partly why we haven't recorded, considering because yeah, you were in it Ottawa was frolic the weekend, weekend before. and then it was frolic weekend, and then I was in Ottawa, and then it was Mother's Day, and then you were in Ottawa. Yeah. So, um, no, muggles wouldn't let me go to a yarn store. Boo, boo. They wouldn't let me go to a pen store either. I looked. I couldn't really find much in Ottawa. There was one place that looked like it might be interesting, but not like 
super specialized in like pens. Yeah, so I kind of had to strong arm them, arm them into letting me go to Lush. I know you couldn't help it this time because of the nature of the reason you're, you're for your trip to Ottawa, but this is why I tend to travel either with very select people or by myself. <laughs> yes, I was with family. If you couldn't guess, yes, I was with family. <laughs> Traveling with knitters, fine, because they yeah. all want to go to the iron stores. Yeah. Anyways, so you do yours, and then we'll talk about the Lockhart. Okay. So yes, frolic. I actually wait for it. Only bought. Wait for it. One skein of yarn. <laughs> one. Check that out. One for me. I did pick up, friend of the podcast, Lily, did ask me mm-hmm. to pick up a skein of the Indigo Dragonfly special colorway, frolic colorway for her. Um, and that was also the skein that I got. The one skein. I think I got her the merino sock and I got the, I guess the one with yak in it. I can't remember the name of it. The name of the base for me. But it's super pretty. Because it's like a deep sort of berryish purple and some teal and blue and green and all lovely colors all, that I love. All the ha- all the happy colors. Yes. Okay. But yeah, I got that and I got one of the project bags that the the guild because the it's the Toronto Knitters for like and it's put on by the Toronto Knitters Guild. They were selling project bags that had a cute little sheep design that they've had on their their website and stuff for the frolic mm-hmm. and stuff. It's basically a sheet like hugging skeins of yarn with little hearts around it. So I bought that and I bought the Indigo Dragonfly yarn and that was it. I was kind of like, Karen, are you feeling okay? It was kind of the same sort of thing as when I was at the Indie Untangled show before Rhinebeck last we year. We kind of flop, flip-flop places for that one. Yeah, I'm no. the one that walked out with a, with a lump of yarn. Yeah, with the like tote bag bulging. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I don't know, man. And I, like, the blue brick was there. <laughs> And I have been looking at the blue brick yarns, but somehow, like, I found myself standing in the middle of the blue brick booth, surrounded by people, and, like, just being like, eh. Like, nothing was, like, super grabbing me, like, you have to bring this home right now. And it might have been because I was real tired, but I don't know, man. It was one of those days where I'm like, am I feeling okay? You might have a blossoming discipline. Maybe. Maybe. I also have, you know, over the last few months... Occasionally just spend some time downstairs communing with the yarn, like just, just sitting. Oh, appreciating. Just like picking it up and looking at it and cuddling it. So you're appreciating the relationship that you have. sort of appreciating have. what I have. And it's like even just like looking at it and touching it. And so maybe part of me is sort of like, you know what? You're okay, boo. <laughs> <laughs> you enter yarn relationship therapy is what you did. Kind of. Okay. Well, especially because like they had, this is the other sign. That this was weird. Um, Knitomatic, a yarn store in Toronto, they had wool mice up. Yeah. They had quite a bit yep. there. And I looked at it and picked them up and touched them. And they were super pretty. And I acknowledged they were incredibly pretty. And then I put them back. And I, and I didn't buy any. You are married to your stash. That is what has happened. <laughs> well, it's more like, I, I, I'm like, I, I have quite a bit in my stash. You have become a and married I, woman. I have, and, you know, standing in front of the blue brick, I have a skein of the blue brick, and I also have, like, a couple other things where it's, like, similar sort of ombre mm-hmm. skeins or, like, skein, mini skein sets. So, for some reason, when I was standing in the middle of the blue brick and, and looking at this yarn that was so pretty, I, I didn't feel the need. That's all right. I spent enough for both of us. It was kind of weird, man. <laughs> it was kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's still sort of like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where, like, you kind of you know how like they're like you know if you see any large changes in behavior in your friends you know ask them if they're okay. okay 
And this would have been one of those red flags. Yeah, probably. Are you okay? Um, Well, and I mean, and part of it probably too was that like I was going to Ottawa the next week. And so I was, you know, dropping a fair bit of money. Like I did a few things to like lower my spending for this trip and do it on the cheap. But like, you know, I I knew I was going to Ottawa the next week. And so I was going to be spending some money there. And also I knew my schedule for those two weeks was going to be on the slim side. So that paycheck was going to be fairly smaller. I was like, mm, maybe I should not spend a lot of money at the Frolic. But yeah, so, I don't know, man. We got to meet a bunch of other podcasters. Yes, we did! Cool people! Because Ramona, thank you, Ramona, set up the uh, a podcaster meetup mm-hmm. for a whole bunch of other different podcasters. And we'll mention a couple of them. And we'll mention some of them in Craving Seven Crushes. There's a whole list of all the people that said they were coming or that were interested in the Two Tangled Skeins podcast Ravelry group. Uh, in their forums, there is a post called Toronto Knitters Frolic, April 9th, 29th and 30th. And there is like on the second page, or I think even on the first page too, there's a bunch of um, mentions of who was there. Yeah, there's a bunch of sort of podcasters like checking in. Like there's the, there we go. Yeah, like Post 21 and 22 have a lot of the names in it. So there was a whole bunch of people that we got to meet. Like, and I won't remember everyone's names. Sorry, guys, I'm terrible with names. And I also had like four hours of sleep. (laughs) So like, if I seem sort of like, duh, or like, you know, said anything super dumb, that's also why. But yeah, I got to meet like, I think Shamika is the one that Marsha knows. Because I know there was one person... I think it was Shamika from uh, Knit Night with Mikamika on YouTube. I think she was the one who, like, Marsha commented to her, like, a w- on Instagram, like, a week before, saying, like, oh, yeah, my friends, Karen <laughs> and Maggie are going to be there. Okay. Maybe you'll see them. So it's, like, small knitting world. Yay. Yeah, I got to see, you know, Sarah from Canadian Knitter and a whole bunch of other peoples. And, uh... And Jackie, who often has shown up to the um, virtual midnights, and who? Sorry, Jackie, I'm double checking what your new what the new name of your podcast is. Handing out uh, little baby macaroons. Yes, little stitch markers. Because I know it used to be Jackie. It used to be called Graphic Stitches, but I know you were saying that could be mis- misinterpreted. And I cannot, for the life of me, right now, remember what the new name of your podcast is. So, if you'd like to comment in the thread and remind us again, like I said. Not a lot of sleep that day. But yeah, so it was great getting a chance to meet a whole bunch of podcasters and talk to them. And I think there was only a couple of us that were um, audio podcasters. The rest are YouTube podcasters. So there's loads of new podcasts you can look for. Yep. Um, Again, in that thread, like I said, of the Two two Tangled Skeins podcast forum. So yeah, I mean, I didn't buy much yarn. But then again, I could just sort of keep that in mind for when we go to... (laughs) The Kitchener Waterloo Knit Fair. Yep, we can. Be like, well, I didn't buy much of the Frolic, so so obviously I can buy a lot more. But yeah, so the and the podcaster meetup, it was sort of was short notice getting that set up this year. Though hopefully it was successful enough that next year they'll do it again. I know Ramona was really hoping that they would make this a thing. Yeah. And thank you very much, Ramona, for like working with the guild and trying to get this set up and find a space for us and that sort of thing. Because we all like, they'll really appreciate it. Yeah. So that we podcasters and, and podcasting fans can sort of meet each other. Meet. And talk shop as it was, as it is. <laughs> and of course it was what great meeting. I'm sure, you know, we got to meet a few other listeners, which is always fun. Got to see some people that we've seen, we've met in, like, meet new, meet 
listeners as well as, you know, meet up with people who are listeners that we have seen at other... Or only seen virtually. Shows. Yeah, or only seen virtually, like Jackie. And so it's nice to actually, like, see you guys in person and get to actually talk <laughs> instead of just, like, the one way or, like, you know, it's sort of... It, it also, it makes the... It makes stuff like the frolic and the Kitchener Waterloo Knitters Fair and Rhinebeck, especially now that we've been going for quite a few years now as a podcast and we like meet up with people who we only get to see at these events. Yeah. It's like homecoming week. Yeah, it is. It's like homecoming events or like, you know, getting together with friends that you haven't seen in a while. It's so nice to like, even if we only get to see people a couple times a year or once a year, depending on the event or like, and, and where it's located, it's nice to get to meet up with people in these sort of like knitter friendly spaces. Yep. This is our environment. Yes. There was something I was reading. There was an article I was reading about someone. I think they've written a, written a book about words in other languages, especially ones that involve like feelings or emotions that don't have a translation mm -hmm. in English or don't have like a, a, a direct word for it. And there is one, I can't remember what the German word is now. I'd have to look back through my Twitter feed, but there is a, I think it's a German word for like, the place that feels like your spiritual home or something. And I'm like, okay, that's Rhinebeck, basically. Like the New York State Sheep and Wolf, Sheep and the New York State Sheep and Wolf Fair uh, Festival. Or, you know, or like the Knitter's Frolic or yep. the Kitchener Weller Knitter's Fair for this reason that like we get to meet people who like either again that we've met up before, but we only get to see at these events or like people who are listeners that we know online or get to see on virtual knit nights and stuff. This episode is brought to you by the word, whatever it is, just six syllable there. German yeah, word, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, which is also to mention, if you are ever coming to one of these events that we have said we are going to be at and you see us, come say hi. I will possibly be super effusive. And on low sleep and derpy. Yeah, derpy on low sleep. What is it? What is it with you and the low sleep always? Before? I don't know. I don't know. It's partly, I think it's partly, it is partly the thing where your brain is like, you know, you have to get up for a certain time, like more so even than like when you're going to work or something like that. Yeah, but we wouldn't so leave without my, you. I know. But then my brain is like, you have to get up at this time. Is it this time yet? No. An hour later, is it this time yet? No, it's not this time yet. Is it this time? And like, oh my God, brain, shut up. I don't know. I think it's partly that. Just that I know I have to be up at a certain time. And you guys wouldn't, yeah, like, especially that time, because I'm moving into our weekend. Yeah. <laughs> for the, the frolic weekend. You know, we stayed overnight in Toronto the night before in all in the same room, basically. So, like, there's no way I would, you guys would not have, like, no, woken we, me up. We wouldn't have been able. I would have woken up for, I could probably have taken a couple Benadryl. Just you guys moving around would have woken me up. Yeah, we should NyQuil you next time. Yeah. Actually, Benadryl works better for me. Okay, fine. So, next time, I'm going to move Benadryl to the gills. Okay. But. But yes, the reason we stayed overnight woo! <laughs> was partly, well, because originally the plan for your birthday had been to go to Toronto, do yarn crawl, and go to the Lockhart. Which is a Harry Potter-themed bar. Yup. And as everybody knows, chaos ensued around my birthday, so the knitters decided it wasn't my birthday until we've been to the Lockhart. Yep. So, seeing as the Frolic and the Lockhart are in the same city, we just sort of, what's the word I'm looking at? Got efficient. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, you know, we just decided, okay, what if we stay overnight the night before? We go to the Lockhart the night before, and then in the morning, we go to the Frolic, 
And, well, theoretically, it's easier to get to the frolic early. Theoretically. I think we got there later this year than we have any other year. Uh, yeah, because this we were time... we staying we, in the city. Yeah, this time we were all the way around to the back of the building in the lineup. Yeah. We were much further back the lineup than we usually were. The people that were coming in from our town were waved at us as from the drove, line as, as we, we drove, drove by in. looking yeah. for a parking spot. Yay, us. <laughs> but it was, but at least it was still fun. Yeah. And, you know, and we were still there before opening and it wasn't, you know, it still wasn't that much of a problem to yeah. like get to where we wanted to go in the, you know, in the frolic. And so... Yeah, so we went to, and it was nice too, because when we got a chance to, like, have actual dinner, like, in the condo where we were staying at, because, yep. of course, they had, like, we did Airbnb, basically, so, like, we had a kitchen, so we were able to have, like, gluten-free lasagna, and gluten which was really good. And gluten-free birthday cake. Yep. And which was also really good. You know, <laughs> and salad, and bread, and, you know, like, have an actual meal. An actual meal, yeah. Yeah. And the next day, too, the nice thing, we were actually able to bring, like, bread and luncheon meats and condiments and Made stuff. Made sandwiches. Yeah, and like keep them in the fridge overnight and then put them in like a cooler the next day and keep them cold while we were at the frolic so that we could actually then like have, you know, a, a nice lunch without having to like buy some of the stuff there. Because while the stuff there is usually like fairly good, it's still, you know, sort of like wraps that have been made a couple hours before. The brownies they usually have at the little cafe are so good. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did get one of those. Holy crap. Sugar high. That is like, woo! Lots of sugar. So yeah, it worked out really well. And as we said, it meant we got to go to the Lockhart. We didn't have to. And it was also the nice thing was we found a place that's, that was really close to the Lockhart. It was like 10, 15 minute walk. Yep. Which meant that nobody had to drive. <laughs> Which meant that there was booze. Yes, which meant, and the two hobbits walking back because I'm not used to wearing heels. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah, both of us, Katie and I, were sort of leaning on each other walking back, not because of the booze, but because oh my god, my feet hurt. When it, isn't yeah. isn't the hotel closer? Like, <laughs> isn't the baby closer? No, oh, little hobbit feet. Never mind. No. Yeah, it was basically you, me, Michelle, Katie, Emily, yeah. Patty. Showed Emily up. and Patty were came to the Lockhart. Patty runs uh, Passionate, Passionate, and Emily stayed over because she was helping Patty set up. Um, and then Michelle's friend, and someone who I've read the, her blog and followed her on Twitter for ages, yep. um, Steph, Dr. Steph, she came as well. So we actually got, you know, had a bunch of people at a small table because they were busy. Wow, were they busy. <laughs> Very busy. But it was kind of fun because it was, it was fairly loud and stuff in there too. So like, you wouldn't have been able to hear us if we were at a bit, hear each other at a bigger table anyway. I have to admit the funny part of the night was the Dementors kiss tequila shot. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was... Emily looked fine, but I was watching Katie for signs of, you know, spontaneously combusting. Yeah, because, of course, because it's Harry Potter themed, a lot of the, some of the drinks are named after Harry Pottery things. So they have one called the Dementor's Kiss. It's not just a tequila shot. It is ghost, ghost pepper, pepper infused tequila. In case you were wondering, actually I should look this up. And it came in skull decanter. Yeah, for comparison, ghost peppers are are very hot. <laughs> For comparison, um, basically peppers have are, are placed on what's called the have a Scoville rating that rates their heat. So as a compare comparison, like Tabasco red pepper sauce is about five thousand to ten thousand Scoville heat units. Okay. The ghost pepper is one million forty one thousand 
427. Do you hear that, Scoville Katie? Scoville hate units. Eat units. You hear so that? So it is roughly, yeah, like 100 times. Hotter. 100 and 140 times hotter. Wow. Than like Tabasco red pepper sauce. Yeah. It, it's very hot. This is actually the sort of thing where they decided to do it. And they said this, then they, they ordered it from the waitress. And the waitress did tell them, just to give you a warning, we have had people run out of here to the convenience store across the street to buy milk. Yep. And chug it. But they decided to go through with it. And they did. And nobody threw up or passed out. There was some sweating. There was some, oh dear God, staring into the distance. Yep. Katie did look fairly sick. She, she... Turned different colors. Yeah, she at was one, looking pretty gray. At one point, she did look pale, and at one point, yeah. she did look purple. Yeah. And I wasn't sure which one was the best thing. <laughs> which one was worse, yeah. And I know Emily said that, like, everything she tasted the rest of the night just, just didn't taste the same. <laughs> I wonder. But um, I think Katie mainly ordered that butterbeer. To help. Like, s- no, yeah. Mostly for the whipped cream on top. Yeah. And the, by the way, the better butter beer, because they yeah. have a butter beer and a better butter beer. Yeah. Comes with a uh, scorched marshmallow sitting on top. Mm-hmm. Just if you wanted to know. They had drinks there. I think the, um, the Frit is one of them. And it's comes to your table on fire. It's yeah. fantastic looking. Yeah. There's a couple they light on fire. Um, what did you have to drink? I don't remember now. Was no, I had the, the Obliviate. I was going to say, was it the Obliviate? Because those Obliviate. were pretty popular. Yeah, they were. Well, you know, cranberry juice and vodka and things like that. Yeah. I had the Royal Tea, which was like an iced tea, iced rooibos tea with like lemon and I can't remember what kind of booze. Vodka, I think. They were really good. I had two. <laughs> but yeah, and the I should post some pic- the, the few pictures I got. It's really, it was really dark in there, so I couldn't get some really good pictures. But, like, I should post a couple of the pictures or, like, link to pictures that people took. By the way, if you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom early in the night before you start drinking because the stairs to go down to the bathroom will try and kill you. Yeah, it's, like, a lot of, um, especially, like, older Toronto properties, like, stores and stuff. The stairs downstairs to the basement where the bathrooms are are very steep. Yep. I don't think we didn't get to try any of the, like, food food, did we? No, we didn't try any food. Because we were eating at the B&B, so. Yeah, we had lots of food at yep. the Airbnb and we're pretty much stuffed. Yep. We we had enough food beforehand that we didn't need to worry about, like, drinking on an empty stomach. Yep. Like, we had enough stuff to soak up the booze Dobby, beforehand. Dobby, top me up. Yeah, but there's all sorts of, like, really neat stuff inside that is, like, very Harry Potter themed. It's a sort of place, too, like, you could totally go in there and not really realize. It's Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter themed. You'd think there was something, but you might not actually realize it's Harry Potter themed. It would just seem sort of hipstery. Hipstery Brit. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, on to our adventures in knitting since then. Well, I'm still doing the same thing. Okay. So, it's all you now. Okay, so, um, as I mentioned, I went to Ottawa the week after the Knitter's Frolic. Which was really fun, except for the fact it rained all weekend. And like, that was just sort of the fact that it rained all weekend for me was like, oh, that's kind of sad for my vacation. I should mention there was like actual flooding in areas around Ottawa. So I was yeah. like, you know, it might have put a damper, yeah. put a bump on my vacation. Oh, but like, at least I wasn't dealing with, you know, the flooding and stuff that have, that had happened elsewhere around there, including in Gatineau, which is right across the river. I did get a chance to go to Wabi Sabi. Yeah. It's such a nice little store. I love it so much. I've only been to it once, but yep. And I was able to get some weaving yarn. Because again, like, I didn't really buy that much. 
which again was kind of weird. Yeah, basically, I mean, they had some really pretty stuff. They had a lot of stuff I could have bought in a in a heartbeat, but instead, just what I got was um, some brassard cotton weaving yarn. I believe it's a five slash two yarn that I got. It's sort of equivalent to like a, I don't know, maybe it's a four slash eight. It's basically sort of equivalent-ish to like a fingering weight. Okay. Or to a light fingering weight. And I got it in, I got two of the little half pound cones in like a natural, one in like a dark red, and one in sort of a, a cobalt sort of blue. Because I'd really like to make some, weave some hand towels and just sort of like that classic sort of farmhouse like colors of like the natural and the red or the natural okay. and the blue, that sort of thing. What do those numbers mean? Five slash two. It means, okay, one of them. And the thing is too, like, I'm saying, I think it was four, eight that I got. But the thing is, the Canadian ones, the numbers are reversed from the American ones. So in the American ones, American stores or American makers would have it eight slash four. So one of them, (laughs) I think it's the, the, if you're looking at the American ones, I think it's the first number is the number, it it sort of, it denotes the the thickness of the ply. Okay. Like the thickness of each individual ply. And then the second number in the American system is the number of plies. Okay. So you could have like a two eight, which is that number eight thickness. And two plies, two of, plies it. of those. Or you could have four eight, which is the number eight thickness, and four plies of it. Got it. In the Canadian version. I think. This is a thing. This is one of those things with weaving that I am still learning. I can never remember what size is what. I think even when I was there, I was like quickly Googling one of the, the things or, or you know, finding one of the bookmarks that I have, which has like Okay, this thickness of weaving yarn is roughly this thickness of knitting yarn. And this is the the EPI of the the heddle that you should use for this thickness yarn. Because I still have no concept. This is the fun part about learning to weave, is that there's all this terminology and all this sort of new stuff, especially for the yarns, that I am trying to figure out. And all of a sudden it's still like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's been quite a while since I felt that way with knitting, so... It's been an interesting experience. Okay. While I went to Ottawa, of course, I brought like two or three knitting projects because, of course. You had to have a security blanket. And then I really only worked on one of them. It's fine. Totally. (laughs) Not the one that I totally was like, I have all this time on the train. I will totally bring this so I can start this. It's like, nope, that didn't happen. But thanks partly to that, like, eight hours cumulative that I spent on the train. I did finish, just this past week, the Tauriel Socks. Pretty. If by finished, you mean I kitchenered the toes and have not woven in the ends. Yeah, whatever. But this is what I count as finished. So you, you, kitch- you kitchenered the toes. That's yeah. that's what I count as finished. Yeah, I still need to weave in the ends uh, at the top of the the top of the cuff. But yes, these are done. They are pretty. Ta da! They are very pretty, and they are done in niche yarn in a colorway whose name I no longer remember. And they're from the Winter 2014 Knitty by Josiah Bain. And they're quite pretty. They were, they did sort of get, once I had a, a printed copy of the pattern and everything and a way to mark right. what Roy was on with my, my pattern markers and stuff. And they went a lot better than the first time I tried because the, the cables on them are sort of non-intuitive. So there are certain rows where like you have to like start creating a cable or things will, or one cable thing will end or something like that. So, but they are quite pretty when you're done. I just need to weave in the ends and then I can wear them 
Except I might not get that chance because it's getting Because it's hot. Hi, Summer. Yes. Hello, warm weather. The other thing I brought with me was I finally, a couple weeks after, you know, recording that last time and saying that I had not yet decided on what sweater I wanted to do, um, I finally did decide on a sweater I wanted to do and I brought a bunch of yarn for it. And then I, I don't think I even, I might have cast on and worked like a row or two while I was in Ottawa. Okay. Just because that was what I had intended. But really, most of this has been done since I got back home. This is the Lock Street Cardigan by Glenna. And I'm doing it in some, it's Universal Yarn Dolce Merino that I got on Closeout from Webs, and which I over-dyed. So it is now sort of a slightly tonal purple. It was like a really a lighter sort of pink, maybe slightly bright pink. And mm-hmm. I overdyed it. I, this was the stuff I, I solar dyed it last summer. But it's just, I'm, I've started, basically I've got this, I've started a sleeve. And it's got a cute little claw cable going up the center. A couple of little tiny cables on either side. And I am about most of the way to my elbow you have on the sleeve. Yes. I, I am almost at the elbow yes. on this sleeve. Yes, and that is all I have worked out on it so far. I have slightly altered the increases on it. You're supposed to increase every six rows on the sleeve. I'm doing every four. Partly because the chart is four rows mm-hmm. in a repeat. And it just makes it easier to keep track of where the hell I'm supposed to increase. And also because my arms are short, I usually have to shorten sleeves. So I figure like, what the hell, I'll just do it. I'll do the the increases a little faster because chances are this sleeve is going to have to be shorter than called for in the pattern anyway. That's nice so far. The yarn is nice and soft. It's a 50%, I think it's 50-50 wool microfiber, which is probably also why I'm thinking why it didn't get as dark as I thought it might when I dyed it, because I'm thinking the microfiber is not picking up, didn't pick up the dye. Okay. The same way, but it's still a nice sort of like medium purple. Yep. It is also the yarn that I was mentioning earlier that was nibbled on by my cat. Like, I don't know where the hell she has started doing it. This is within, like, the last two, three months, for some reason. Like, she has never, other than one pair of chowgu needles, she has never nibbled on my yarn or my knitting or my knitting needles. And somehow in the last three months, like, if I'm doing, basically, mostly if I'm doing virtual knit night, which BT-dubs is on Saturday nights, usually it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock New York slash Toronto time. That it starts and we go at least until there's usually someone there until at least 10, sometimes later if people are around. And if you want, I usually post the, the link in the Ravelry group and I tweet about it on our Twitter feed. So like if you ever want to join us, it's okay if you don't have like a video camera, as long as you have like a speaker or as long as you have like a microphone, we can still do, you can still do audio as well. Um, obviously, you know, it's nice when we can actually see people. But it's not a requirement. But so like I'll be working on stuff in virtual knit night and I'll have it sort of put down on the little basket next to my desk. And at some point I hear this noise and I look over and Peanut has nommed through my yarn. It's like, Peanut, for fuck's sake, you didn't used to do this. Why are you doing it now? She's going through a teenager um, rebellious stage. Except she's like eight years old. She should be past the teenage years. Okay, fine. The The cat teenagers at least. Other than that, I, other than working on some movie socks, which of course we'll move, we'll mention more, Soon. and actually being almost finished movie socks, I think I could start the cuff on the second sock, um, out of some socks that rock. I have been like super tempted to start a bunch of stuff. You have starditis. I have not actually given into the starditis. Okay. Partly like, it's a combination of like, I've seen quite a few like really pretty shawls and stuff that I would like to start. And I have also had ideas for projects that I would like to do. Okay. Of my own sort of d- 
design. And I really want to do them. And one of them, or at least one of the, the series of projects I can think of, <laughs> you know, I could do a fair number of them with yarn that I have in my stash. So it wouldn't even involve buying yarn. The part of me is like, maybe you should not <laughs> so that you work on the sweater and actually get the sweater done. Not that I'll be able to wear it anytime soon because it's starting to get warm. But I have so many ideas and so little time. And only two hands. Yes, and only two hands. I just want to knit all the things. Um, oh, the only, only other thing I've been working on is I have been working a bit on that sock that I started to practice continental knitting. Right. And it's going okay. Um, I think I need to try Norwegian pearl just because I'm still finding like pearl stitches to be kind of weird to do. Also because I think it's mainly the pearl stitches that are doing this, but like I can't, so far I'm still at the point where I can't knit on that sock a lot because the muscles in the palms of my hands will start to cramp. Okay. And like I have to stop, like today I was stopping and like just sort of like massaging them and trying to stretch out the muscles in my hands because they were starting to cramp up. I'm still practicing it. It's going slow. Hey, at least your new thing has given you some sort of gratification. I can't get, I've been hacking away at brioche and it's still mad at me. True. Okay. So shall we move into Geek Squee? Yes, please do. Okay, so, well, one of the main things is we have both seen Guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes, indeed. Excellent movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I had seen a few articles and stuff about how this one deals with some more sort of emotional stuff. Uh-huh. And they were certainly right about that. Yes, they were. Um, there was actually a couple moments in, this, in the movie. I actually just saw it today. There was a couple moments in the movie where I was getting kind of teary. There were there were onion-cutting ninjas in the movie yes, theater. Yes, I was having feels. Yes. Which I was not expecting from, like, super goofy superhero movie. Yeah. And it was nice. The the plot that, or the, the emotional sort of aspects of it really were ones that, like, drove the plot. And that they were very much intertwined with the actual plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of nice. And I think it worked pretty well in combining those elements and that story into, like, the, the larger story. Which I'm trying not to be too specific about in non-spoilery things. Of course, the main thing <laughs> that I think anyone has talked about... Since the first trailers. Baby Groot is Baby adorable. Groot. Oh my god. Baby Groot is so cute. There's a place online you can buy Baby Groot um, at 100% size. So all 10 inches of him. But it'll cost you, I think, like $190. I have to find this to link it. But <laughs> he's yeah. so cute. He is, a, he is freaking adorable. There is, And there is one moment where he's just like this tiny little ball of hate. Yeah, this tiny little terrifying ball of hate, and it is adorable. And you knew that that scene was coming too. Yes, you knew that was coming. So much rage in this tiny little body. It is so cute. Okay, all of the little girls out there, I'm talking everybody that is five foot four and under. This is how everybody else sees us (laughs) when we are furious. (laughs) And if we only had the power of Groot. Yes, and I love that they—that is actually Vin Diesel doing the voice, obviously altered. To be high pitched and tiny, <laughs> but I'm just imagining him in this. It must be so weird, especially considering he's still in a in a you know in a voiceover booth somewhere, like doing the inflection and everything in the voice, and then it is so completely altered that there is no way you could guess that he was actually doing the voice for Groot. It's still a beautiful thing. Yes, I can say there are certain cameos 
Yes. In the movie. What did you think? Because you're sensitive to the score. What did you think of the score? I like. I liked it. There's not a lot of it I can remember now other than like the, the recognition. It's been a while since I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but of course, when it starts and there's that, you know, you hear the theme. Yeah. The main Guardians of the Galaxy sort of theme. It's like, oh, yes, this. And the way it's incorporated in the new music is kind of nice. <laughs> and the music at the very end, at the during the credits. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> the last song they play in the credits is it's a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of like rock-ish sort of theme version of the theme. Okay. Including some voiceover from one of the cameos. We can mention it. Yeah, go ahead. Let's... In the in spoilery stuff. But yeah, it wasn't like I can't say there was there were moments where it really the music the score really hit me that I can think of other than again that sort of recognition of like a couple of the famous yeah, the like the famous songs. Again, the songs are really well in the the pop songs that they use are really well integrated into the movie. And a couple times those were were definitely adding and giving me feels. It's hard to talk about this without spoilers. Yeah. So let's just move into spoiler territory. And also to pull into like a coherent sort of like discussion. Yeah, so let's just go into spoiler territory. So y'all know the drill. I will put I will mention I will put the um the time that is safe to come back. If you are worried about spoilers, in the notes. If you don't want spoilers, stop listening and start skipping right now. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the song at the end, it's sort of the rockish sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy theme. And there's like the spoken, this person speaking sort of over top of it. Okay. That person is David Hasselhoff. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> that, that I did. Yes. I do remember that now. Because yes, that was one of the cameos that I was definitely yeah. not expecting. He was in. He was in the movie for a flash, like what three seconds? Yeah, I didn't know. Like, and even even though, like when Quill mentions that he used to tell people that you know David Hasselhoff that he told people David Hasselhoff was his dad. Like it's like oh, okay, this is just a, a Quill mention, and also like a you know sad story of a kid who's growing up without a dad and doesn't really know who his father is, so he's feeling the pressure to make something up. I didn't really, I never expected that he would actually even Show have up. a cameo in the movie, which is pretty hilarious. Same with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I really wasn't expecting him to show up in the movie either. I did not know that Kurt Russell was involved in this movie to the extent that he was. I lost a stitch marker. There we go. I'm pretty sure I must have read something like an article a while ago that said like, Kurt Russell is playing Quill's dad. But I had totally forgotten it. <laughs> I may have also seen something that also said, like, Sylvester Stallone is making an appearance in the movie and then completely forgotten about it. Which is just as well as, you know, not knowing it in the <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I did see the name on the on the credits at the beginning. Like, okay, Stallone's in this. That's my, interesting. I, I have to admit, my, one of my favorite spots in the whole movie was Yondu getting his arrow back and doing his slow walk motion sequence with the music going and the yes. arrow just zip, 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 zipping everywhere. And yeah, it is a mass murder is what it is. <laughs> yeah, as but they're all bad guys. Well, so. as, as payment, well, they're they're all mercs, yeah. basically. But, and yeah, Yondu is no saint either. So. No, he ain't. And it, yeah, it was, you know, payback for a mutiny, but oh my god, somehow in there that I get, I got a testosterone girl boner. Yeah, it was one of those moments where like, just that it's such a gorgeous shot, and it's so, like, so horrific when you think about it, too. But it's just that shot of them, like, walking across the catwalk, and it's just rain, slow motion, yes, raining, raining bodies yeah. down these sides. It's raining men. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's raining dead men. 
and you know, I shared Rocket's glee, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yes. And that is the same point where um, Baby Groot, <laughs> tiny angry Baby Groot, just hauls off at the the one person that picked on him just a little too far. Poor Baby Groot. Baby Groot. Baby Groot deserved everything he gave yes. out. Yes, that yeah. guy totally deserved it. Like pouring beer over him and. Poor little thing was miserable. Oh, and baby, when and when he's the scene after that when he's walking and he's just squish, <laughs> and he's squish. Here, squish, 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 and he looks so dejected. It's like, oh, baby. Oh. And at the end, when they're all like cuddling, baby Groot, and he's like a little baby. Oh and they're my holding god. him like a baby. It's like, oh my oh god, my that's god. fabulous. Family feels so many family feels. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> like, oh shh. And like I told Karen, I'm like, okay, now I get what all the memes are about. <laughs> I did not understand this. I obviously missed something, but now I get it. <laughs> yeah, there was that, and there was there was a big laugh in one of the pinnacle scenes where uh, Pac-Man made an, yes. an entrance. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. And I'm like, okay, I did not see that coming. I probably should have, but I did not see that coming. That was, and that was one of the, the little sound things that I noticed that I loved. The, the gold people that were scaring them. I can't remember the name. Um, the uh, sovereigns. Yeah, the sovereigns. When they were doing the virtual or the remote piloting of their ships, when you see them in the little pods that they use on their planet to remotely pilot these things, and they were firing at them, the little pew 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 noises. Those are straight out of like '80s video games. I believe it. Which was kind of awesome. And when Quill gets, um, this is a zoom. This is what. People on Earth are listening to these days. It holds three hundred <laughs> yes. songs. Three hundred. Yeah. And I'm like, and a zoom. Oh, dude. It's like we need to get you some Hamilton. I was wondering if, like, when Groot came in or someone came in, he was gonna like, whoa, there's this thing called Hamilton. It's kind of, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I found like this one was definitely, definitely interesting in the way they took like certain characters from the previous movie and sort of changed our understanding of them or our view of them, you know, mainly Yondu and Nebula. Yeah. Oh my god, Nebula. Little ball of hate. Yeah, everybody in this, every, needless to say, everybody in this movie, all the characters are pretty messed up. Oh yeah, there's a lot of therapy that needs yeah, to happen. everybody in this movie needs therapy. Um, Except maybe Groot. Yeah, Groot. Groot. Groot's fine. Groot's fine. Just Groot just needs a cuddle. Rocket needs a fuck ton of therapy. Yeah, but like, but it was it was kind of neat that moment where Yondu was like, look, saying to Rocket, like, "You are me. Yeah, we are the same." It's like, yup, basically. Ouch! Um, ouch! Burns feels the truth hurts. You know, and the whole thing with Yondu, like, still being an asshole to Quill when he was a kid. And not being a great surrogate father, but at the same time, also then that explanation of like, that's why this is why I never brought you to your dad because I found out what he did with the other ones. And like, yeah, he made some mistakes, like telling him he was going to eat him. And then, you know, which apparently he he didn't think Quill was going to take seriously. So seriously. And he did. Well, Um, um, you know, maybe it was his first time rearing a human child. Yeah, maybe it was probably his first time being around a child, period. But yeah, that whole, so the whole thing about Quill sort of figuring out why his mother died. Well, that too, holy crap. That, holy crap. Everything along that line was going, eh, it was you, but all right, something's going to have to snap him out of this. Yeah, something's going to snap him out of it. Then that line was said, and oh, shh. 
<laughs> oh, I could just buddy, imagine, like, in in the theater, just all of a sudden, like, shields go up because, like, shit's gonna hit the fan. <laughs> it's like, oh, you done fucked up. You should not have admitted that. But also, like, just that his whole realization that Yondu was... Protecting him. Protecting him and in a, in, kind of the dad that he wanted. He wasn't... Ish. Admittedly, like, also not great at the dad thing. And, and going, and, you know, it's... I think I've said this before about other characters. It's like, you know what? You would have been better if you hadn't been, if instead of, you know, being the kind of dad where you they realize later that you were that kind of, you were a dad to them, that you'd been a dad to them <laughs> that they could understand at the time. I think he, I've said the same thing about Howard Stark. He may it's have like, been- you know what? You could have, instead of setting up this whole elaborate, like, film of saying about, you know, how proud of you are, how proud you are of Tony... You could have actually been a dad. Said it to him while you were still alive and while he was a kid. That 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 would have been the better thing to do. So not a plus parenting, but then again, Yondu sort of fits the yeah. He he's... The, the tradition of not a plus parenting. Yeah, I mean he's up there with Odin and <laughs> Howard Stark. Really, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Okay, well that's damn true. And then with you know with Nebula, Nebula and Gamora. It's kind of you can kind of see you can see it from both their perspectives because like Gamora you can understand like she was a kid trying to survive and trying to survive as she said and you know kids obviously are not able to process emotions and events and stuff like that as, as well as adults can think it through not to mention and, you know long range consequences yeah and especially when they're in a situation like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you can feel for Nebula too, where she was like, I just wanted a sister. And part of her, her drive to, to win against Gamora was that searching for acceptance and also pushing against Gamora's like, I need to survive sort of thing. I enjoyed the movie. Yes, I would watch it again. <laughs> Probably many times. Yeah. I would uh, have to watch it again. Again, like I said, I just saw it today. And so like, obviously I'd have to watch it again to like, pick up on other small things. Taser face. <laughs> Taser face. Rocket is kind of like the Scanlan of the group. He can't keep his mouth shut Basically, even at the best yeah. times. Basically, yeah. Well, not really. Scanlan had really good charisma. <laughs> okay, you you do have a point. Though, now that I think about it, there were a couple times, again, partly because watching so much Critical Role, um, I thought of either Critical Role or D&D during this. Like, when Gamora and Drax and Quill are like, okay, we're going to go off with Quill's dad. I'm like, don't, don't split, split the, party. the party! Never split the party. And when they kill the, the thing at the beginning by, like, slicing it in half, I mainly thought of Critical Role when they're, like, <laughs> trying to kill the dragon from the inside out. Everybody has this idea. <laughs> Drax, you're going to have to take bludgeoning, compression damage. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on and speaking of D&D and Critical Role... Yes, and going back to okay, going back to non-spot. Do we want to go? Well, would we want to go into more movie stuff first? Sure, let's do okay. movie stuff uh, because, of course, other big movie news. Now that we are out of spoilers, no more spoilers beyond this point. Um, it's safe to come back. So, other movie recent movie news is, of course, the Wonder Woman movie comes out next weekend. Yes, it does. And while I haven't seen any like full reviews yet. Um, I think about a week or two ago, the embargo on, like, general sort of, like, opinions lifted Uh for people who had seen early screenings. And from what I've heard from people, they say it's actually really good. Good. Which is making me really hopeful, even though I don't know when I'm actually going to be able to see it. A week work schedule. We will see it. It may not be in the first few days, but we will see it. Yeah, I know. 
I really want to see it in the first few days, though. I know I you be, do. I want to contribute to the first weekend take. I want this to be super successful, especially because of the douche bros. Yes, I know. For anybody who does not know, there have been select theater screenings that are going to be female only, but it is, if you read into all of it, it is charity driven for Planned Parenthood. Yeah. As far as I understand. And, but basically a bunch of guys are claiming discrimination on this. Okay. It's specifically a couple screenings from the, the Alamo Draft House in New York City. They're doing these specific charity. And I think they're, they're, I think they're doing them like a week after the movie. It's after the movie opens. It's not even like, I don't think it's even like opening weekend. So there is ample opportunity for all these guys who want to go to yep. go see the movie at the Alamo Draft House, much less any other movie theater. And it's like, okay, one, it doesn't work that way <laughs> because you can't be racist or sexist against the dominant group. It's like the group that it's only racism or sexism when it's against a group with less power, because that is what those things involve. Also, this is, this is also the group of guys that would probably hated the idea of female ghost- Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, basically. I've seen a couple tweets making fun of that, basically. But yeah, there's just a bunch of dudes like getting their panties in a twist about not being able to go these. And it's like, oh my god, guys, can we just have this one thing? Because you have all of the other things. Yes. And it's, you know, and especially in this case, it's like women want to be able to go see this movie with other women, A, so they can just, you know, experience the reactions of other people who understand what it's like to finally have a superhero movie and a superhero movie with a lot of money behind it. The the promotion's getting better. For a while there, it was like, I was going to say, you know, maybe not so much promotion behind it because it was, for a while there, it was like... Cricket chirping? Guys, you know, you've got this major movie coming out. You should probably have, like, I don't know, some billboards and stuff. But, like, you know, that it's part of a major superhero movie franchise. Like, and from superhero movie universe, where it is connected to all these other ones. And finally, we get one that's led by a woman. It'd be nice to go to a screening with all other women who, like, understand. And people who I should say, too. It's not just, you know, this includes people who identify. Yeah. As women, yeah. as women as well. For people who, who sort of understand that this is a very nice thing and who don't have to hear dude opinions or like don't have to like deal with skeeviness. I, I, yeah, I don't want to hear a dude's opinion about how Gal Gadot... Is it, is it pronounced Gadot? Or Gadot? Gadot. Gadot. Okay. Gal Gadot. I don't want to hear a guy's opinions about how she fills out the bustier. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear a guy's opinions about... Not that, like, all dudes do this, but... No, but... Come on, dudes. You know that there's a bunch of dudes who do this. Yeah. And a lot of them attend comic events, which is why this is... Why, you know, comic events, like, harassment and sexual harassment and stuff is still a problem. Okay, so anyways, basically, women go fill up in theaters. Don't worry about the bros. Yeah. Just... And also, like... You know, I think you can go fill up them theaters so far with the expectation of it being a good movie. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be like, I'm going to see this because it's a female-led superhero movie. It's like, no, it sounds like it's supposed to, it's going to be like a good movie. So, move on. Happy things. Okay. Have you been watching American Gods? Yes, I have been watching American Gods. I have not been watching it, so I can't really discuss it, but... Okay. I will just post it out there, sort of like the, hey, is anybody else out there watching American Gods? Um, It is a TV show. Based on, I think it's been showing on Stars. 
in the United States, and it's based off of Neil Gaiman's book, American Gods. Obviously, the book was written, what, over a decade ago? Yeah. So a lot of the characters have been updated. I have counted uh, at least six WTF moments so far, and I think we're (laughs) only four episodes in. But I will say that the third episode had a lot of buzz around it because there was an on-screen male-male scene Mm -hmm. that was beautifully shot. It Mm -hmm. was not cheesy erotica porn type stuff. It was sensual and beautiful. And there was a lot of buzz on the internet about how this is a major advancement for LGBTQ representation representation on screen because it was an advancement in its portrayal. Yeah. So, you know, it treats a same-sex male relationship with the same sort of um, emotional, yes. you know, romantic intensity not just, as they would not just any other, like... Raunchy bonking. Anyway, yeah. and I will warn you, though, there is blood. There's lots of it. Like, there is, <laughs> there, there is, like, Game of Thrones whoosh splash of blood. <laughs> and there is also... They have the stuff in gallon drums on the side. Pretty much, pretty much. There is also full frontals. Mm-hmm. Of men and women. And there is going to be... There's not a lot in special effects going on because this is all supposed to be very suggestive and sort of sleight of handy. But there are a couple of scenes where I'm like, okay, are they going to do the same thing that was in the book? Oh, cool. That's the scene that was in the... Whoa. <laughs> wow, that's... That That that, that, that was on screen. Holy shit. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Oh, shit. They're doing it again. Fuck, 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 fuck. They took that and ran with it. <laughs> type of thing. But I really, really like it. I gotta say. I'm a little bit sen- sensitive to some of the subject material, just because my husband had a near-death experience. But I am still really liking it. That whoa, what the fuck material, by the way, mm-hmm. is um, a woman absorbing a man up through her vagina while they're having sex. Okay. And he's quite happy about it. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, like I knew it. I it was written in the book that way, but damn, I didn't know how they were gonna do that. Oh, yes, other movie thing. This one's slightly more of the feels. Yeah, Vanity Fair does had did have an article that came out and special like photo covers series and covers that came out earlier this week. Yeah, about the next Star Wars movie, and there's there's some really feelsy ones it's- with. Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. Um, like, they they are really really well done. They just yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, you know, if things had happened differently last December, we'd all be looking at these covers being like, oh, those are just really, pu- those are just really sweet covers. And now they're just sort of the, oh God, it hurts my heart a bit. Because they are, they Carrie are beautiful. Fisher has left us. They are beautiful. Yeah. And it's also kind of sad. I think it's in that article they sort of mentioned that, like, of the three movies, like the three new movies, of course, the first one sort of had dealt with Han. Yeah. And apparently part of this, this movie. When it comes to the the original characters, this one's going to be sort of Luke's movie, secondarily to it being like Ray and Finn and Poe's movie. Um, and the ninth was supposed to be one sort of with more Leia. And it's like, now it's like, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you should at least, you should definitely like see the, I've heard that the, the article can get a little spoilery. If you're like going in complete, like, I don't want to know anything other than the trailers. Or even if I don't want to see the trailers at all. Uh-huh. It's not spoilery, so, like, you should definitely see the pictures. And the pictures are a little spoilery for, like, character looks. So that's about but, it. But, yeah. And then finally... Yes. Someday we will mention... We will have a, a podcast where we don't mention Critical Role. Today is not that day. No, it is not that day. <laughs> because, oh my god. 
Because a big thing has started to happen. <laughs> like, the critters of the universe are, are really talented people, let me tell you. Yes. There is a group that has taken the entire score of Hamilton. Yes, Hamilton. That's what we said. That Hamilton. That Hamilton. And turned it into a musical about the story of Critical Role. And they have one song up on YouTube. The group is called The Can- the Cantata Pensophical. That's their YouTube name. And we'll definitely have it, you know, be typed out in the, the show notes so you know how to spell it. Um, you can also put in, like, Hamilton slash Critical Role and it will take you right to it. You will see the iconic star that has Vox Machina on right it. in the middle. Yeah. So they basically changed the Ardenna version of the original, the, the first song of Alexander Hamilton and turned it into, like, the backstories of Vox Machina. And it's a beautiful thing. It is amazing. Now, now, As I told Maggie, I listened to it like... Don't listen to this four times in a row. <laughs> you will have an earworm problem just like Karen did yes. and does. I've listened to it Space this out accordingly and, and do some, I don't know, do some yoga to clear your mind in between. But also important to mention is actually they have... That is a demo for the first song, they are stewing auditions for a certain part. Yeah, it is... It is a thing to behold. It is certainly a thing to behold. It is kind of amazing. And the cast of Critical Role and, and are, I love it. are in amazement, them, are amazed themselves. Yes. Yeah, I first saw it because Matt Mercer tweeted yes. it out and was like, guys, guys! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, Matt Mercer, this thing that you guys all birthed Oh my god. Has taken on a life of its own. There's a whole bunch of links in the, the YouTube video for the, the people who are, who've are who been writing it. Yeah. Including other Critical Role themed songs they did. One of them is a Critical Role version of David Bowie's Space Odyssey. Oddity. Space Oddity. I might have to look this up yeah. when we're done. Lyrics which may or may not be spoilers for this project. They also have the entire lyrics. It's The, the lyrics are both... Um, Closed captioned on the video, and they have them all written out because some of them are just just so genius. Scanlon short held Iman nose. <laughs> I need a Scanlon short held Iman nose. And there's a million chicks I haven't boned. So, but just, just you, you wait. Just you wait. <laughs> oh my god, I love it so much. Okay, moving into cravings, covets, and crushes because. There's a fair bit of stuff. <laughs> so, okay, so there's a company called Loungefly, which has have been coming up with some incredibly amazing purses and bags for you nerds out there. One of them being Star Wars. Yeah, which is a really neat it's crossbody a- bag. It's got the Star Wars sort of logo, but for the lettering, instead of it being white, it's all... What looks like vintage comic yeah. pages. Yeah, and Star Wars comics and if you open up the flap uh the lining inside yeah is the comics page too yeah i think that says and there's a matching wallet for it too so this is black with a very colorful yeah black leather star wars insignia on on the front black leather or leather like leather-esque yeah however if you're looking for something just a little bit closer to you know Oh, and I should mention... Our home planet. Sorry. Go ahead. And I should mention the Star Wars bag. You can actually get it. The The link that we have that I'm seeing on geeksorsexy.net um, goes to Amazon. So you can actually find it on Amazon. Now, as you were saying... If you want something that's just a little bit closer to home rather than a gar- galaxy far, far away, maybe direct you to the Peggy Carter purse. Cro- is it a crossbody? It's a yeah. tote, it looks like. 
Uh, it's actually not terribly big. Yeah, they have... You can find them on Fashionably Geek. There's actually a series of Marvel-themed purses. Nice. And bags. There is a Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, and Agent Carter, and Captain Marvel bag. And there's also matching wallets for some of them. That would be a kick-ass knitting purse, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's terribly large. Yeah, Fashionly Geek has the, the article that I think I remember seeing originally. Basically, there's... Uh, the Captain Marvel bag purse looks fairly large, and it has a matching wallet. And it basically, it's just a, like a dark blue bag with the um, sort of bars and star, star okay. sort of symbol from the front of Carol's costume or superhero outfit with like red handles and piping around the edge of the bag. And then the Peggy Carter bag is a slightly brighter blue. It's got sort of interesting like little pico eyelet sort of detail around where the the straps that hold the purse closed are um, attached to the front of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's got the SSR logo in between. And it's also got a, a neat little sort of handle on the top of it, almost sort of almost briefcase style. Right. As well as a you know, a strap. So it has a bit more of like a vintage slightly vintage look. And it has a matching wallet, which also has the SSR logo on it. See, I think that is a phone. Okay. So that gives yeah. you an idea of like, it's fairly smallish. It's like a, the, yeah, the crossbody, Agent Carter crossbody satchel bag is like 70 bucks mm-hmm. American, which is sort of eek considering the exchange right now exchange for us Canadians. Right but still, oh my God, what? Oh... And it's got a little pico edge at the bottom of the wallet. With little stars in it. Uh, the details. And they all have like a, a metal sort of piece on the back too that like marks it as like official Marvel merchandise. merchandise. Yeah. And the interior fabric of the wallet and I think of the purse is like red for the Agent Carter one is red with white polka dots. Which is appropriate for yes. the era. So yes, I want it. I want a bad <laughs> because I need more bags. Like I need another hole in my head. As for other things, I guess uh, one other thing I should mention, uh, something that I have mentioned in past podcasts, of the video games that I have started to play over like the last year, one of my favorites is The Long Dark, Uh which at the moment um, has been in alpha mode, so like early access mode on Steam for the last few years, while they've been developing, they've been doing updates to it and stuff like that. And until recently, it's just been in sandbox mode, where you just explore and you have to try and survive as long as you can in the Canadian wilderness. They just announced a few weeks ago Uh that the long-awaited story mode is finally dropping August 1st. And I cannot wait. Oh my god. There's an amazing trailer for it that I have watched a whole hell of bunch of a t- bunch of times. I believe it. And I cannot wait. So like, yeah, it's it's basically um, the first season they're calling because it's going to be a few different episodes uh-huh. in each season. The first season is called Winter Mute and it drops on August 1st. And cool. then from there, hopefully they'll have other seasons, both in the sense of like TV show seasons with more episodes, as well as one of the things they have had in their roadmap for things they would like to do is other like seasons like to have spring and summer and fall nice world too, yeah that would be, be which will be interesting um and provide an interesting challenge in the game but right now i'm just really excited for story mode i cannot wait oh my god of course one of the things is like i would like to start to be saving up for a new computer so i can run it better because <laughs> this laptop does not do very well and it's kind of getting kind of old Yes. Yeah, so other things. There's a yarn dyer that I've known about for a little while. I got some of the yarn a couple years ago. And I might have just bought some. That's uh, located in 
Montreal, and it's called Scrumptious Pearl. Currently, the, the link that I've got here is etsy.com slash ca slash shop slash scrumptious pearl. S-C-R-U-M-P-T-I-O-U-S-P-U-R-L. Obviously, we will link. And we will have the full title in the notes, or the full name in the notes, so you can get the spelling. They do mostly self-striping yarns, as well as some um, contrast yarns for, like, toes and heels and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. And I love their self-striping yarns. They look so fun. They're also bright. Mm -hmm. I love Centerfield. (laughs) Gray and blue and red. But vivid red and blue, yeah. Pretty sure, I think it's Baby Beluga that I got. Big surprise. It's, like, turquoise and sort of very light taupe and darker blue. The one I got recently, there's some of their, their regular um, colorways, so like the ones we just mentioned that are all that are generally in the shop by the looks of it, and then she'll update with other colorways. You knock my socks off. Nice. Sort of white and gray and very light blue and then a really dark sort of like purpley cranberry. So yes, there's some super pretty self-striping yarns here. And self-striping has definitely been tempting me. Occasionally she does one-of-a-kinds things, like she's got a, a hand-dyed sock blank here. That was something that I was already sold. And then something that I saw at the Frolic and was really tempted by that I just didn't end up buying, partly because I already have so many at home. Remembrances Pottery, which is also an Etsy shop. So again, same beginning of the, the link that I gave you last time. Etsy.com slash CA slash shop and then Remembrances Pottery. And they're from Sarnia, Ontario. And they've got really cool little buttons, ceramic buttons. But the thing that I saw at the Frolic that I loved and was really tempted to get is she has mugs that are like a white background and then she paints little stamp the little stamp designs yeah. in them. And then she had one where the stamp design was like skeins of yarn, which is really cute. And the ones I was the other ones that I was really tempted by were were mugs with little stamped sort of socks mm-hmm. on them in and arranged so that it looks like they are hanging on a clothesline. Yeah. And each little sock is painted. And sometimes she would have like all the socks are like different different blues and sometimes they'd be all different colors or sometimes they, they'd be stamped so that they ha- look like they have little stripes and other times they'd be stamped so that it looked like have little cables or something like that on them. And they were super cute little pottery mugs. That I was very tempted by, but resisted because, oh my god, I have so many mugs. Ooh, these ones are pretty. Birch bark pattern mugs. It's yeah. a mug, but it's, it's... It looks like birch bark. Yeah, the pottery sort of scored and then painted to make it look like birch bark. It's beautiful. Little acorn buttons. So if you're looking for some neat, um, especially like ceramic buttons or cool mugs or something, Remembrance's pottery looked really neat. I definitely need to get something special for my sweater when I, when I get around to it. Mm-hmm. Some... Something to go with my mint. And then a couple other things from the that I found out about at the Frolic, or just before the Frolic, I should say. One of the podcasters that was there um, is involved with a, a knitting magazine called Rib, which is basically a knitting magazine for men who knit or those who knit for them. Nice. So it's mainly focused around... Like patterns for dudes. They've got a couple issues out. They got yeah, two issues out so far. You can buy a subscription. Hey, nice looking dudes and nice looking sweaters. <laughs> that always helps. And it looks like there's a mix of like sweaters as well as accessories. So like this one I'm looking at, it's got a couple different sweat few different sweater patterns. There's a scarf, looks like hand warmers, gauntlets, socks, and a hat as well. This is for actually the second episode the second episode. Second issue ships out in June 2017. So I believe it's actually like a print magazine 
not one that you'll find in your local magazine store, I'm thinking, but it looks like if you order it, you'll actually get like a print magazine or booklet for it. I think it might be available. You might be able to find it. Yeah, they do. They're selling it in some uh, knitting stores. And there's actually on their website, they have a page called Find Rib, where you can find it, uh, where it lists stores that are carrying it. So in Canada, they've got like the Purple Pearl, Ireland, United Kingdom, United States, Australia. Yeah. So take a peek there and see if maybe it's available in a yarn store close to you too. And then finally, the other thing, this isn't something I found, this is something I found before the frolic. I think I... I think they just came up either with someone who reposted on Instagram or was through my hitting just the find new things on Instagram uh-huh. thing. I found a new podcast uh-huh. called Viking and the North. Okay, I'm interested. And it's a knitting podcast and they're both huge geeks. Okay. And it's a male and female podcasting duo from the Toronto area. Neat. They were at the Frolic briefly. I, I actually messaged the North to let her know that, you know, about the, the podcast thing. And I don't think they were able to stay because Viking has a little tiny Viking that they I, needed to get back to. I am, but now that, I am familiar with having to get back to little Vikings. Yeah. But then seeing the North's Instagram posts or, or pictures from the Frolic, I know I saw them walking around. Okay. Cool. I was like, oh, yes, I recognize that face. I saw that face walking around a fair bit, but I didn't know it was you. I will have to check this out. I think if you like this podcast, you will like that podcast. Because like I said, they're big nerds. Awesome. (laughs) Just like us. Awesome. And they also like knitting. And they are very funny. So, yes, go check out Viking and the North podcast. I don't think they have like a really like website. We shall feast. A Hobbit Viking feast. Yeah, right now it looks like you mainly find their stuff through iTunes, their podcast through iTunes or, you know, your podcast, your pod reader of choice, um, they do have their stuff posted on SoundCloud. So soundcloud.com slash Viking and the North podcast. I think they've got three episodes so far. Four. Yeah, it was the fourth episode that I listened to in Ottawa. Yeah, they describe it as a podcast about knitting, nerddom, and a good dose of silliness. So yeah, that, that <laughs> sounds good. I like this. I Sounds like, like it is up our alley. So, Viking in the North, are you guys going to Kitchener-Waterloo Knitter's Fair? Nudge, nudge. Because I would like to meet up with you and say hello. But okay, I think that is about it. Yes, that is it. I think that covers everything. <laughs> or most of everything. Most of everything. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we will let you go. And be good to each other, please. Yes. be good to people. All right, and take care of each other. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes on iTunes or at our blog, where you can also see our show notes and comment. That's at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Twitter and Periscope at knit1geek2. You can contact us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. And search for a group on Ravelry using Knit1Geek2. There you'll find other knitters who enjoy geeky stuff that you can squeal along with, and also where you can find updates on new episodes. And remember, in space, no one can hear you squee.